Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Hello and welcome to Location Matters. My name's Sarah Butler, I'm your host, and this is our final episode of Season 3 on the podcast. And I'm really excited about today's podcast because I'm joined by only my colleagues, we usually have some contributors from outside NGIS who like to come on the podcast and we talk about all sorts of things but for me there's nothing really better than just getting your colleagues together and having a bit of a a yarn about cool stuff that we've been up to and um, we have been up to something cool mostly one person who I'm about to introduce has been up to some really cool stuff but what we're going to be talking about today in the most simplistic terms is taking something really complicated for businesses and just making it a little bit more simple Um, streamlining processes Minimising time spent on doing necessary business tasks is always something really interesting. So what we're going to be talking about today specifically is ArcGIS Enterprise and how to upgrade that with as little production downtime as possible. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce some new guests to the podcast. I'm going to start with Claire Wilson, who is my co-host today. Claire is in the NGIS marketing team and this is her first time on the podcast giving it a whirl. So Claire, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you, Sarah. My name's Claire Wilson. I'm the marketing coordinator here at NGIS and it's lovely to be here on the podcast. Thanks so much, Claire. And next um, is Rick Wang. So Rick, is this his first time on the podcast? Rick, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Uh, good morning, Sarah. Thank you for having me today. Um, my name is Rick Huang, currently working for NGIS Australia as a GIS application architect. And I've been working on ArcGIS-based solution for about 15 years. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rick. And we've got a bit of a podcast veteran <laughs> joining us now on the other side of the table. It's Nick Chai. Nick's been on, I can't remember how many episodes now, probably on this season, yeah. maybe like three or four yeah, this three season. Or four. Yeah, yeah, various guests. You see, you can't even keep up yeah. with how many podcasts you've been on now. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you all so much for being here with us today. So I want to start by talking about ArcGIS Enterprise just for a minute before we get diving into the specifics. So maybe this one's for you, Nick, just a bit more high level. What is ArcGIS Enterprise? Maybe if you could explain it to people who might not be familiar with those products. Yeah, so if you've been working in the GIS space, you should, you're probably familiar with ArcMap or ArcGIS Pro, the desktop products. Um, if you're not familiar with that, then uh, QGIS uh, would be the open source sort of version of what you would call, um, I guess, the commercial version of a GIS desktop application. Uh, the, the sort of the industry standard is, has really become the Esri's ArcGIS product. So ArcGIS desktop is what you'd use to create and edit data. And then when you start uh, maintaining larger databases and you want to have multiple editors um, for a single data set, um, you will probably start looking at the ArcGIS or Esri Enterprise solutions, which will include um, you know, things like ArcSDE, ArcGIS Server and ArcGIS Portal. And that collection, along with other components, uh, comprise what we call ArcGIS Enterprise. And those things sort of allow a larger organisation to uh, better maintain and publish and present their spatial data to a larger audience. So I could go into more detail about what each of those components do, but no. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think most people will know what we're talking about. Thanks for that, Nick. 
Would you mind telling us a little about how crucial Arctis Enterprise is for a business? So, if they've invested in Arctis Enterprise, how important is this system to them and their ongoing operations? Yeah, so a lot of businesses will maintain their single source of truth data source, their main decision-making tool um, off of the software that comes together within ArcGIS Enterprise. So you can imagine you want to have a look at your tenement data, you want to have a look at your currently current active mine pit area, um, you want to calculate how much clearing you've done for the year. All of that information will be kept within your ArcGIS Enterprise or uh, centralised database location and that's all within Arctis Enterprise um, and then to disseminate that information and present it to all of your employees so they can all be looking at the same operating picture uh, you'll also be looking at ArcGIS portal and ArcGIS server uh, combined together to be able to visualize that data and then turn that information into decisions so you can imagine without that communication and decision making tool um, it would be very difficult it would shut down a lot of operations within a business if that wasn't working correctly so um could and also the the software is very expensive every year obviously to pay for maintenance um so any downtime of that system can really impact a business especially if you're you know like a large mining operation or uh, or a government agency or really anything sure yeah so very crucial (laughs) (laughs) sounds pretty crucial (laughs) yeah so pretty much very crucial by the sounds of it um rick I would love to talk to you um, for these next couple of questions because now we're going to dive into the nitty-gritty of things. I guess like with any software that a business has or a person has, it has to be upgraded every now and then. So if a business has a huge investment in ArcGIS Enterprise in a way that Nick just described, for instance, how cumbersome or how simple is the upgrade process for them currently? Okay, in the current situations. The upgrade can be simple if the business can afford to have like a large amount of downtime. Maybe they can shut down the system for a couple of days and then just runs the installer. The installer will uninstall the software for them and they reinstall the software and then run the upgrades on the spot. And then that's simple. And that takes time. And then each uninstall and reinstall takes a couple of hours. And then you have to do that for every single component and then a particular order. So if you do that, that's just like maybe say two hours for each component, you get four or five of them, that's one day. Anything goes wrong in between, you have to start all over again, that's another day. And then so with Arctic softwares, they are not sitting in on a single machine. They all spend across multiple machines as well. And then you have to make sure the communication between the like different components will work properly after it's been upgraded. Yeah, I guess if you say simple, it's simple, but <laughs> it's really costly. Yeah, many steps by the sounds of it. Yeah. Many, many steps. Bigger is, it, is this a situation where the bigger the organisation is, the more steps there is? Yes, right. The bigger the system they have, the more steps they have. And this is the simple part. So the software upgrade is a simple part, but it's time-consuming. And then the risky part is upgrading the content because there are two phases in the system upgrade and upgrade the software and upgrade the content. Upgrading content can go wrong in many ways. I don't want to go through in details here, but when that happens, 
you just have to go back, revert the whole system back to your original backup, and uh, you need to figure out what went wrong, then revert back to your original backups, and then start again. And that will take even more time. Um, I know the interesting thing about that is a lot of the large organizations will run a dev and UAT environment. Yeah. Um, I understand that uh, the data upgrade side can be complicated because the UAT data and the production data be different does that impact yes. the upgrade yes right and then the uat and then production usually is different i haven't seen any uat with match production in my working life and then so the practice you have in uat is not always relevant to what's going to happen in production and then quite often the failure is content related What's, um, sorry, you lost me on the UAT. I know what dev is, but what's UAT? Uh, yeah, so UAT uh, is like your testing environment, so replication of right. production. Okay. Um, so normally you'd have your UAT, you'd run your upgrade through there. Um, okay, our process is working, and then you do the same thing on production. So sort of like, you know, you sort of have your practice run in UAT. But uh, I think Rick was saying uh, because the data is different, mm-hmm. um, it affects the upgrade process. So... Yes, you run your, your process through UAT once and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's working. Our process is good. You try to do it in production because the data is different. The upgrade process is going to be different as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's unlike many other different systems. Like if you have a SQL database and then you have UAT, you can always easily bring in the production data back to UAT and then try to run through that. You're going to have a very similar environment. But with ArcGIS, we don't have this luxury until today. And then originally, the UAT data is UAT data. Production data is production data. You can't copy them across easily. And um, so that's why you cannot run your simulations in UAT. Rick, I have a question for you. Just out of interest, how have you become so specialised in the whole ArcGIS Enterprise upgrade? Is it just years and years of experience? or? I guess it's by chance. Yeah. And then... Um, I, I, I came out of uni and then start working for a company. I had no idea what a company do. And <laughs> then, so I, I didn't even start as like a GIS professional or anything. And I start as like a business analyst or something. Okay. And then I get into business, the business is doing um, GIS development. And I start like, oh, I really like this. And the making maps is so much more interesting. Yeah. And I guess just progressed and then evolved from there so you're just really good at learning i hope so i think <laughs> i think what we have is um on our hands in this team with rick is the fact that he's a really good problem solver uh. <laughs> i feel like you're the problem solving guy rick but you've been busy behind the scenes we talked about you know these upgrade processes and dev and uat and what can go wrong and how the data is different you have found a way to make it work in arches enterprise when doing these updates what have you created? What is it? What's its purpose? Tell us about your baby. <laughs> yeah, and it's all started. It's like I got a assigned task to do the system upgrade for Rio Tinto at the time. And then I promised the GS superintendent at Rio Tinto says, I'm going to do this the traditional way for this time because I don't have much options. But the next time I'm going to have something for you. And mm. then that will make things so much easier. Yeah, it's like, I've been doing this for some time. Each time they have taken down the system for two days, just way too much. Yeah. And uh, 
I do that. I, I did that over the weekend for them. It's because like it's unrealistic for them to shut down this system during the week for two days, and then I don't really want to spend all my weekends doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and then a mining company we work with, they have six separate deployments to do. That means that six weekends. <laughs> Like, yeah. No, no, so speak no to me. It simply won't too. Yeah. <laughs> Frick needs his weekends, people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I thought, okay, there has to be an easy way. So I just sat down to say, okay, as we can do an upgrade on the spot, but we should be able to take this onto a different new environment mm-hmm. and then run from there. And then we should be able to just do the content upgrade without the software installs and uninstalls. And then you can all do those like in a separate environment without having pro, uh, impacts on the production. And you, you install the new operating system. You install the new software packages and test them, the open fun, and then migrate your content across and then upgrade your content in a new environment. And while your production environment is still intact and operational, and then for the operators or for the business, it will be easy for them. They can take their own time. And then just no stress, no tears. And then once the new systems are up and running, they can take all their time to figure out, okay, is this the way I like it? And then have I moved across everything? And if it's all good? And then this process can take a couple of days, a couple of weeks. So once they're happy with the result, they just have to bring latest content across again. And then their new system will be up and running. Uh, with the NG solution we have now, moving across entire content, across multiple machines or ArcGIS would take like about half an hour. So I guess yeah, business... That's awesome. Yeah, I guess business should be able to afford so that. So wait, you said it was two days before? Yeah, pretty much. And you can do it in half an hour now? Yes. Man, that's but awesome. When I say two days, that is, first, we need to upgrade operating systems because some business they're running really old operating systems like Windows 2012 and we're in like 2021. Mm. And they're really desperate to upgrade their OS. If they do a like in-spot upgrade, they have to run the operating system upgrade. That would take God knows how long, probably half an hour to one hour for each instance they have. And then they have to uninstall ArcGIS software, reinstall ArcGIS software. That takes a couple of hours for auto and then probably half an hour to one hour for each server and half an hour for data store, and then all depends on how many components they have. On top of that, then they have to run the content upgrades. So that's two days easily. Sounds like a bit of a mission to do this whole upgrade process. Um, But Vic's found the solution, and that's what we're here to talk about today. We'll throw to Nick next. Uh, So Nick, would you like to explain to listeners how did you become involved in what Rick has come up with. How did you become involved in the NGIS upgrade solution? And uh, based on the kinds of businesses who use Arctis Enterprise, what industries do you think will benefit most from this? Yeah, so I, I suppose I got involved. So I work for um, a big mining company um, in Australia, at which I share with Rick as a consultant. So I'm the account manager there. So naturally all the, the work from the client comes through me and then I tell Rick about oh, what we need to do and then he sort of comes up with a solution for it. So, you know, they're, they're running a uh, ArcGIS Enterprise and they wanted to go from 10.5 to 10.8. So 
initially they had their architects looking at the upgrade process and there was, yeah, they have about five or six uh, ArcGIS environments to upgrade. So it was a pretty big task and that's sort of, that's how I got started into it because I went to Rick for the solution um, and he, he luckily he had some experience doing that with uh, Rio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of how I began uh, in that role. Uh, and just started being introduced to the solution that he was developing just on the side at the time um, that were now sort of at, like ready to sort of present to lots of other clients. And uh, I think this is relevant to any any large organisation running ArcGIS Enterprise that can't afford the downtime to their production environment. And I think what Rick was saying before was really important. They can take weeks if they want to, um, just testing the new environment. Um, just internally, say within just the GIS team, making sure everything works first and then once they're ready, it's like a 30-minute downtime um, to, to switch it over rather than two days. Um, and that, that's the, it's like a double luxury there because you're, you're really making sure everything's working first um, before you go and switch it over. Um, so not only do you get the very minimal amount of downtime, but you also get the assurance that it's actually going to be working before you do the switch, rather than spending two days of downtime upgrading it all, and then later on you find, oh, no, this is missing or this is missing, and then you have to shut it down again, revert it all back, and then... That sounds like a nightmare. It is absolutely a nightmare. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And can you imagine the guy trying to do that upgrade during those two days? Like, okay, every hour I spend on this, the company is basically not able to make any spatial decisions. Oh. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's risky. It is risky. It, it does sound, um, like, pretty intense and stressful. Like, when you say that guy, if you're that guy that's doing it, do you mean, like, in this case, it could be, like, Rick? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's oh, 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 it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's and just uh, rocking in the corner. <laughs> yeah. It's not working. Yeah, um, right. So, you mentioned before there, I think it was, like, 10.7, 10.8. Um, uh, so, is that, like, um, is that how often people have to run these upgrades, Rick? Is that, like, every time... Um, Esri will release a new version, these upgrades have to take place. Is that how it works? Esri will release a new version every year. So usually by mid-year, they give you some like a pre-release type thing you can take a look. By end of the year, they have a new version. Ideally, business should upgrade every year. And since they have already paid the license every year anyway, so there's no point for them sitting on the old software while they already paid the big bucks for the new software. Um, but the trouble with that is upgrading ArcGIS Enterprise is a really daunting task. It's risky and pretty stressful as well. So the operators will just delay that op- operations until they really have no options. Mm. Like I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds like a walk in the park to me. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'm no, just no. joking. I'm yeah. just joking. No, it sounds uh, very stressful. Yeah, for them, they often wait. It's like, uh, okay, I'm on 10.5. I'm still, I'm still using 10.5. It still does, it kind of does the job. And then, okay, now it's 10.8. Those features, I really desperately need them. And then um, I have no choice. I must upgrade. Yeah. Or something like, I'm on Windows 2012, and uh, Microsoft is like, I'm not going to support that Windows 2012 anymore. We're in like Windows 2019, and 2012 is like seven years. Now it's like 2021. It's rather almost 10 years out of date. 
so they must operate. So they really have to bite the bullet and they get someone to do for them. Rip the band-aid. <laughs> yeah, and then they, if they want to do them themselves, they, they haven't really got the practice. It's not like me, I've been doing that for um, many different companies. So I have plenty for practice. But for the GAS operators or for the administrators to do themselves, and it will be really difficult because they just haven't had the practice before. Yeah. Okay, Rick. So um, could you explain to us a little bit about what the process was like from problem to solution? Was there many iterations? Did it take you quite a while? Are we talking weeks or months here? Yes, there were actually quite a few iterations. It all started off like a promise. A promise as superintendent at Rio Tinto says, <laughs> I can have something for you and make this job much easier, <laughs> but mostly make my job much easier. <laughs> and then, so first was just a proof of concept. So I need to know whether my method would work or not. Mm. And then, so it started out with some manual operations and a set of batch scripts. And then I thought, like, okay, that's going to work. And then even it's not user-friendly at all. It's only me. I'm the only one can do it. So I need to streamline that. So I built a new prototype with Python. And then my Python prototype relied on um, a JSON document that describes current environment and the new environment based on the profile, actually I call it the profile. And then my Python prototype will execute steps and uh, options and automate certain processes to move the content cross from an older version of ArcGIS to a new version for ArcGIS in a separate environment. The trouble with that is that profile is still really difficult to build and it's really difficult to use. You will need someone with like intimate knowledge of ArcGIS Enterprise to build that profile. Mm-hmm. And then will be, it has to be, a, um, it's not even a GIS professional. It has to be um, ArcGIS platform developer to know those kind of things to build that profile. So like, okay, I better automate that profile building part as well. And then I found the user interface support in Python is not really the way I like. So like, I need to find a better tool for that. And then, well, I guess it's not really, uh, I didn't really have much option in that. Then I resolved into like a .NET Core 5. With .NET Core 5, I can have, I can build like a proper user interface and that will restrict user input to like bare minimum because like people make mistakes yeah. and then the last typing they have to do the easier they get and mm. the more accurate the profile I can build so after I build the whole thing it's like that thing needs to be self-contained I don't want to have too many moving parts mm. so I started building the thing and the pub- publishing and the packaging that is a single file so now the new solution or, or the new tool is a single executable and people just can take the file, drop onto the server, and run from there. There's no like separate installations required or for anything like that. Incredible. That's awesome. What yes. problem can you not solve? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, it's going to sound really interesting to anyone that might be listening who, like Nick said, is using ArcGIS Enterprise and has been through those those painful moments and those you know, those risks and those downfalls that are associated with um, these upgrades, which we have, you know, talked about quite extensively 
here that you know rick that you've been able to figure out a way around that and you know like congratulations like it sounds yeah, like thank you it sounds like an amazing thing it sounds like you've put a lot of work into it you should be really proud of yourself for that um nick if people want to do this let's say they want to do this work they're listening to rick they're like this is what i need how do i get it how do they get it i'm not Totally sure at the moment, but definitely contact NGIS <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll have a chat. Well, it's not, it doesn't sound like something that they yet anyway that they could just, you know, go and download an installer and just go ahead and, and do the upgrade themselves. Is it something that needs, you know, a bit of TLC and needs, you know, people to, to help figure out? I mean, is it just really depending on the business requirements in some ways or is it one size fits all? Uh, I mean, it's probably, it's a very flexible tool. Um, but we'd probably need to show you how to use it. So it is kind of a one-size-fits-all with some maybe some help from Rick as well yeah. is how I would probably describe that. But Yeah, yeah um, I have built this tool in, the, in mind as like the GIS administrators. The GIS administrators in the companies, they should be able to do themselves. And then, so the user interface, I'll say, is really restricted. So you can only put in certain things. There's very little chance for you to get it wrong. Mm. Yeah. So could any um, GIS analyst in any business be able to use your solution? Um, I wouldn't say GIS analysts, but definitely the GIS administrators, they should be able to do it. And then with our solution that is, all they need is a new environment. And then their IT can provide a new environment, new operating systems, and then their GIS analysts can install the ArcGIS softwares, just the standard way, the ASV way. And once all the software components are installed and function, they don't need to do any configurations because configurations will be copied across by our solution. And then they run our solutions, and our solution will go in to read the configurations from the existing systems and read the configurations and the properties from your new environment and do the match and the mappings and the translations and everything for you and then move your content across. And they don't need to do worry about anything. It's all automated with our solutions. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool. And then so actually we have a built a prototype portal or uh, activation portal as well. And then we actually could allow users to go to our solution portal to download the software and then try out in their environment. And then, well, if they want to use that for real, they really have to contact us, gets the activation. Okay, uh, great. So there's sort of like a trial that they can run. Yes, that's right. That yeah. works. Sounds great. People love a test run. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what makes this so special, like you guys were saying, is the ability to just test everything first. It's like going and buying a car. You're not going to go throw... Yeah. all this money at a new car and not take it for a few spins around first. It sounds like, Rick, you found a way for people to take this previously really risky process and test it and test it again and get it working properly for them, which is, you know, amazing. It's Especially if it hasn't been able to be done like that before. So, yeah, really cool. Well, it is be much cheaper than a car for sure. A different way will cost them much less than going through like two days of downtime either pay for the downtime or they have to pay like say external consultant like us 
Yep. Mm. Time is money. I was about yeah. to say the same thing. <laughs> time <laughs> is money. I mean, especially if you're in, like, I know you said before, Nick, mining. Like, if you're in mining, time literally is money. Yeah, it literally is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about a little bit of reading. Um, I know that our team's working on some more in-depth resources about this, but Claire, um, I think you wrote about this recently. Do you have um, something you can share? That's right. I did, actually. Uh, so I've just recently written and published a blog on this very topic about Rick's um, NGIS upgrade solution for ArcGIS Enterprise. Yes. So if you are interested or you'd like to do some further reading, head to the NGIS website and you'll find it there in the newsroom. Yeah, awesome. And we'll also include it on the show notes um, for anyone that's listening. So depending on where you go, we'll be able to link you to that there. That's all we got time for for this. This is it, the season wrap. Rick, you're a legend. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. I feel like, you know, it's like so so much smarter just sitting near you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire, thank you so much. First first um, rodeo of the podcast. Yeah, first go. Yeah. Wow. All the nerves are diminished. It takes some time. <laughs> it does take, take some time. Like, so like Nick, first time he was on, he was just like, well, now he's like, well, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a bit more comfortable now, yeah. Yeah. Hey, An old hand. Exactly. Thank you so much, guys. Um, now, like I said, if you go to the NGIS website and you go to the podcast section, it'll take you to our Captivate FM podcast page and we're going to have the show notes there. And don't forget, if you like what you listen to here on Location Matters, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. And we'll see you next season. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.